0: Welcome, everyone. My guest today is senior reporter Bill Conroy to talk about Fannie and Freddie and the loan repurchase rates. He recently did a deep dive on the topic, and I'm excited to jump in. Hey, I'm Alex Bridgman. I'm the director of data strategy at Altos Research, and we have just released my new podcast called House of Data. House of Data is all about how the most ambitious companies in housing are using data to make better decisions and investments. We have guests like Zach Ronstadt, Darren Bloomquist, Alex Villacorta, Ralph McLaughlin, and more. This podcast is designed for housing professionals and executives who want to use data more and build data-driven organizations in housing. Episodes come out every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. So go ahead and go find it on Spotify, iTunes, go find House of Data and hit subscribe. Bill, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so happy to have you on. And I wanted to talk about an article, a feature article you wrote, um, which really has to do with one of the stories that we know that our audience is very interested in. And that's in the loan repurchases that Fannie and Freddie are doing. And so um, I'd like to walk through that article. So the, the headline there is Fannie and Freddie Face Dilemma in Loan Repurchases. So let's first start off talking about what is this dilemma that they're facing,
1: well, and it's it's kind of a dilemma that that falls onto the lenders as well. Uh, as part of its charter, FHFA, and the GSEs that oversees Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, and Ginny, which is a little different animal. But this story focused on Fannie primarily and Freddie as well. And the dilemma is that. Uh, By mission, uh, the GSEs are uh, are supposed to be making uh, loans to underserved borrowers, I guess is what you would call them, low to middle income borrowers that tend to be a little higher credit risk. Um, And uh, the other part of their mission, which conflicts with that, is they're supposed to protect the taxpayers from those credit risks. (laughs) So where that's showing up, at least in the opinion of some of the housing experts I talked to is uh, when you look at loan repurchases, basically are a, a kind of a funny animal in the sense that they're they're subject to what I would describe as a pipeline effect. So all these huge volumes of loans that were made in 220 and 221, um, particularly 221 now, are still rolling through this pipeline as new loans from 222 come on and now 223. And the um, Fannie and Freddie, their quality review teams are, you know, reviewing those loans and, you know, picking out the ones that violate, in their opinion, the um, rep and warranty uh, agreements that, that the lenders sign, you know, with these loans. So uh, if they have even, you know, apparently minor defects are even being uh, kind of brought to the front now, uh, which is one of the concerns of the of the MBA um cuz there's a framework they agreed to uh, about how to handle uh, loan defects that <clears throat> kind of is a a, st- a graduated process so you don't jump right away to a repurchase demand but anyway to get back to my main point is the 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 volume of repurchase loans that are coming through the system now it, it's been it, it, you, if you look at the numbers which we just got from from um, Fannie um, for as of the end of the first quarter of, of this year. That's the most current. But you can see 220. There were about 1.1 billion in repurchase demands. 221. It went up to 1.5 billion. And remember, that's the heat of the boom when everyone was really busy. And even the uh, Fannie and Freddie uh, likely didn't have time to, to do the full quality review on those loans that they that they wanted to because there's so much volume. So then, two twenty-two, we see there's you know it jumps to two point one billion in repurchase demands, um, and you know that that year uh, Fannie's volume, this is Fannie, only dropped to five hundred and thirty-nine billion, compared to one point three trillion the year before. So basically, in half, like we're seeing across the industry so as, as loan volume is is dwindling like declining literally from the 4 trillion dollar levels of 220 221 down to half of that now even less loan repurchase demands are increasing and primarily because of that pipeline effect where you know the loans you know that were from prior years are coming through this year as well as this year's loans um, there's less volume so fannie and freddie have more time to do the quality review some have suggested that they've increased their sampling apparently they're doing about five percent of sampling a month i was told i was not able to, to verify that at least when i asked fanny would not comment f- for the story and freddie didn't address that when they were asked they just sent a comment in without addressing that question um so I don't know if that's true but another person I talked to uh, industry expert said well it's possible they didn't adjust the the sampling uh, level they're probably maybe just at goal now that in those those busy years 2221 they were under the sampling rate they wanted and now they're, they're able to get back up to it but whatever's happening it's pretty clear that the the rate of purchases along with the volume is increasing based on an analysis that was done by Sterling Point of the numbers so that's kind of the picture. So you've got, and, and the problem with this is, these these uh, if a loan repurchase demand is is you know successful, and, and the and the lender has to buy that loan back, they're not only buying it back with you know warehouse line money, so they're they're buying it back uh, with with interest. When they when they have to dispose of that loan because they can't keep it on their portfolio, if they go to the whole loan market. It's considered a scratch and dent loan if it has any kind of even a minor defect, right? Like a a DTI, a debt to income ratio that isn't quite right, or the appraisal value. And those seem to be the two they're arguing most about, which can be somewhat subjective. They argue about the underwriting method that was used to calculate DTI, um, or they're arguing about the appraisal that was used. And and, and both of those can be a little squishy, according to the folks I talked to. But even those kind of loans, if they're if you gotta repurchase them, you purchase a million dollar loan, so you gotta come up with a million bucks to do that, uh it's and and you're paying interest on that, then when you dispose of it in the whole loan market, you're getting sixty-five cents on the dollar. So you're taking taking a hit uh both ends. And you know, if you got to do several or more of those loans for for a small to mid sized lender, that that's a that's a problem, especially in this environment where they're already losing five hundred dollars in every loan they make based on the MBA average. So that's the dilemma the industry's facing. And and then on top of that, there's a, another level of of activity going on where the repurchase demands are settled short of an actual loan repurchase. Um, and that's where MBAs in conversations with uh, GSEs and FHA, FHFA about this. There's, there was a framework set up in two fifteen, two sixteen. With MBA and the and the GSEs, where they, they they agreed to how repurchase how this repurchase process would be handled, so that so that the GSEs wouldn't jump automatically to a repurchase demand, and you had to fight that out with lawyers, and it escalates to the C suite and everything. That that you know there would be you know ways of dealing with this. The loan defects short of an actual repurchase for if there's a missing document, just replace the document if if there's a you know that there's also even a a, a buyout indemnification process you know they can they can agree to pay you know i i, I think the amount was five percent of the balance and if it gets that far but the point is m b a and the industry is saying. The GSEs, for whatever reason, are jumping to the most draconian uh, option in that framework, not really following that framework. Um, They're going right to the loan repurchase, even for minor defects. And even lenders that are able to win that, the, the amount of money and time that's spent fighting those repurchase demands is problematic. So, those are the two levels of it. One where you actually have a a uh, loan repurchase that you you know you, you didn't win, and you got to buy it back and take you know you take a bath on it, and uh, you know the, the 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 kind of short of repurchase, subtle shorter repurchase where you're still spending a lot of time and money fighting it, and at the same time we're seeing you know the volume and rate of repurchase demands increasing, um, and and we don't know yet because what's come through the system now most of the two twenty loans are through the system. And by the end of the year, apparently the rest of the 221 uh, uh, will be. And then we got 222 that we're dealing with right now as well. That's just coming through the pipeline. It's even hard. That's where they're the most worried about what, what because that was a year where rates were going up. 222, as recall, lenders may have been squeezing more loans into more boxes because they were just trying to get everything out there that they could. So, um, uh, you know, and especially if you're serving, continuing to serve the FHFA mission of, of, you know, lower to middle income, uh, borrowers that are a little, little more risky. Um, you know, it's a kind of a perfect storm. And in fact, the sterling point did an analysis. They looked at, uh, FICO scores, you know, over, uh, uh this four quarter period um through the first quarter and yeah the, the the there's a divergence that the loans with with lower FICO scores which are going to be riskier um had higher repurchase rates than than loans with uh higher FICO scores now both went up but the the the, the low, lower FICO score um loans went up you know, like at twice the rate <clears throat> and the same thing kind of manifested itself when you were looking at LTV loan to value only it wasn't as a bigger differential but it was it was still there the higher risk loans seemed to be you know pulled out and reviewed uh with greater frequency. Now these are this is an al- analysis that Sterling Point uh put together. You should read the story to get the very specifics if you're interested. Um that's kind of the the broad points. Um but you know so really, what's going on right now is you know lenders are and these are all non-banks, not banks. The banks apparently, because they're backstop by the FDIC, um, you know, there's less concern with with the risk on their loans um, than than there is with with the uh, the non-banks, the IMBs. And one of the other factors that came in is, is, that is a concern is that this these loan repurchase process is a concern that it might be used as a counterparty tool, which meaning the counterparty in this case would be the, the IMBs and, and to the, to the GSEs. Um, and because we all know the industry is shrinking, it's going to shrink more. There's going to be more lenders that go out of business. There's some concern that the GSEs are trying to stay ahead of that. And because if a lender goes out of business, it's much harder to recover on this rep and warranty or the, you know, loan defects. Um, uh, and, and, you know, so it, from a point of view of the GSEs, it would be better to get those loans, Um, you know, uh, before a lender goes out of business, uh, you know, repurchased. Before a lender goes out of business, yeah, it becomes much more problematic. Again, the, the GSEs, Fannie and Freddie were required on this. They didn't respond to any of that directly. Uh, Fannie, or Freddie did provide a comment saying that they're working with the, you know, it, with the industry and trying to make the process, you know, more conducive for everyone, et cetera. But not, it's a pretty broad-based statement. It doesn't really deal with the specifics and there were specific questions asked that just weren't answered. So we don't know. And and actually, you know, I guess the one defense of the GSEs in this case is, um, you know, another industry player said, let's be honest that, uh, you know, there were during, especially, you know, during the boom period and during the down period for different reasons, there's, there's probably, you um, you know, more uh, lenders were were scrambling to make you know, loans that might have you know uh, had deeper risk profiles to begin with. In the boom times, you just go as fast as you can, and so maybe appraisals and DTI errors happened uh, uh, more frequently. And the down times, you're you're looking for any loan you can get, so you might move you know the credit box down a little to get more loans because if the rates are going up, everyone's credit gets messed with. So these are these are the weird dynamics in the industry right now, and. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's no, cons- you know, nobody thinks this is a profit motive on the part of the GSEs and conspiracy theories. Let's throw them out the window. It's just a, a, a convergence of dynamics that are, are not working out well for the industry uh, with the repurchase process, and uh, that's part of the reason I think MBA, uh, they're not revealing what is going on in those conversations. With the industry is does have ongoing conversations with FHFA and. Uh, Fannie and Freddie about these issues.
0: I think the other thing is the other dilemma here is that you know you have the you have the goals that they have to serve underserved borrowers and to you know really look at some um, maybe low to moderate income borrowers however you want to say that but yet if you if you're going to do this on DTI and appraisal and do all this it's it's really another incentive. For lenders to be like, if if I if I stretch to try to to get a homeowner into uh, into a house, and there's anything here, I mean, it could come back to bite them even more.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that was brought up. That that is one of the concerns that it's going to actually be counter productive to the, the, to that GSE mission of, of serving uh, the the more marginal borrowers or the, the, I mean, it, it, it's a difference, you know, between a, what, a 680 and a 740 credit score, however you want to look at it. Um, If, if, everyone's credit score has been a you know maybe not credit score but their DTI <laughs> has definitely been affected when rates go this high and you know the the home prices haven't really budged that much it, it just makes sense but yeah it's it's a it's a problem uh, that and, and I and I suspect although I can't say for certain that the that uh, FHFA is aware of this and and the 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 dynamics of a bureaucracy are such that you know FHFA, Uh, FHFA has this as part of their congressional charter. I mean, they don't have a choice. They can't say, well, we're going to back off this part of the mission. And, you know, during this time, I mean, as far as I know, they're mandated to do this and they put pressure on the uh, Fannie and Freddie because they oversee them to make sure they're, they're meeting these mission ticks and, you know, that, that, you know, they're looking at those goals. So that's part of everyone's job performance review. I'm sure like, are you, you know, or at least your unit, are you meeting goals? And, like everyone else. And if, you know, it's, it, they don't care if they're impossible goals, <laughs> you know, we've all been there. Um, you got to figure a way to do it. And, you know, that's, that's kind of, I think what, what part of this is going on. It's a, just a normal, as one person put it, uh, you know, uh, using the the non-French term stuff uh, rolls downhill and it's clearly rolling downhill to, to a lot of the IMBs right now and dealing with this. And, and they may very well, uh, many of them decide to pull back from from some of the uh, uh, customers they 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 you know were stretching to serve just because yeah I mean it's not it's not going to be worth the risk to them because those are the easiest loans to um, you know identify for repurchase because of you know like someone said you can find it you know if you look for it on any loan especially on that on the the the, the lower credit loans you you can find a, a technical violation. Um, and if the GSEs are using that to go right to a repurchase demand, instead of saying, let's see how we can correct this short of that. Um, or, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it, and the GSEs have to do this too, right? Uh, but you know, it's all a matter of w- at what level and how aggressive they're doing it and how much control they can exercise and, in, in, uh, you know. I guess alleviating some of the pain the industry's feeling because I, I don't see how it's good for the GSEs or the industry,
0: right, or or borrowers, right,
1: or borrowers. Actually, yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right to have such a, a seemingly uh, punitive process, or at least maybe not punitive, because you know if loans are bad, you know taxpayers got, got a, a role in this too. They don't want to be taking on. Uh, too many risky loans, you know, everyone has their interests in this and they all seem to be converging in a way that's not working for anyone uh, very well. Um, So that's, that's kind of the picture I got from it. Um, And I don't know, I don't know the fix. (laughs) So, but I know they're talking and and I suspect at some point they're going to have to come up with something um, because uh, these numbers seem you know if they they can't if, the, if if these keep growing this way it's you know everybody including the, the bigger lenders are just you know it's going to be painful and they are going to back away from parts of the market i would think
0: you know you um interviewed uh Pete Mills the senior vice president of residential policy and strategic industry engagement at the MBA and i thought you know his comments were very pertinent here where he's like you know um He's the one that pointed out, you know, why are they going straight to repurchase? And he also said, you know, it, it's not a new framework that's needed. It's a reset on how the GSEs are implementing the existing rep and warranty p- framework, which I think is a really good point. Like, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. It's just like, just uh, just tweak that a little bit.
1: Yeah. that And, and that's that's exactly what he said. Uh, um, that, uh, that, and that might be the solution. Maybe they'll get to that. But, you know, the... I try really hard not to editorialize because I, even I, after reporting all this, I don't have all the facts. Like uh, one one of the sources said, unless we can get behind the the curtain at uh, at the GSEs to see what they're really thinking and what they're doing, it's really hard to you know figure out a fix. So uh, if it is just a loan framework and they're they've decided for whatever reason because of the bureaucracy the, the way it works that they're being, you know, super uh you know strict and and overly aggressive and in in maybe even operating slightly outside that framework at least from the point of the NBA. And that gets fixed, will that solve the whole problem? Probably not because there's still going to be a, a you know this pipeline effect um and, and I that's the one thing, you know, that I, I don't see an easy fix for. You you have these old loans that were at much higher volume. So even if you're doing the same sampling rate, you're going to have a higher volume of, of repurchase requests coming through um, at a time when, you know, the loan volume is way down and lenders are struggling and some, you know, close to closing their doors. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the flood you saw coming hitting you. And once it's here, it's even if you adjust the framework, how do you fix that? How do you, how do you, you know, space out those per- repurchase requests so they're not hitting such hard, high volume at such a bad time. I don't know, but that that seemed to be part of the problem too. So there's there's this this front end problem, which is what the MBA is talking about. Like, you know, let's stick to the framework and not make lenders jump through a lot of hoops that they shouldn't have to jump through when when there isn't going to ultimately be a repurchase that there there's going to be a solution short of that and then there's the other part which is yeah there's there's these loans you can't work out they're going to be repurchase there's going to be a demand for repurchase because the defects are serious enough um and it's just you know kind of the pile on effect you know you had you know 221 loans at a huge volume where you're going to have a much higher volume coming through and then on top of the 222 loans where you you know the rates were going up and there's probably more risky loans than normal there and they're all hitting now and then you got the 223 loans coming so that's that's a that's a dip more difficult one to solve
0: It really is. Well, Bill, thanks for walking us through that. And thanks for the reporting on the story. I feel like, you know, you have that secondary beat and you are killing it. You are out there talking to people all the time. We so appreciate that and appreciate the insight that you got by talking to so many different people for this story. and, And now that you're sharing with our audience, I appreciate it.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.